The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasters, your tabletop gaming podcast on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I am your host and general resident Dungeon Master, Anthony Mullen. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, welcome back. No, we are not running into a new campaign today. No, we are not jumping in with the Fabala 5 or in Podsville. Today, we actually have an interview with our great sponsor, from DCT Industries, and we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about how Kaimon, his game is formed and started up to where the idea spawned from, do a little bit of his background in gaming, all to conclude with why you guys should check out Kaimon and how awesome it really is. Because from what I've been seeing some pictures and what I've seen so far, it looks fun, it looks new, it looks interesting, and I want to play it. So... I want to. I want you all to feel the same way. So let's get into this. Jeff, welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So I have to start off with, um, when did you start playing games? Uh, oh, just open-ended, just just games. Video games, uh, board games, tabletop. I'll let you answer that as you will. So the first like kind of gaming experience I had was the Super Nintendo. Like okay. I still remember the day my dad brought it home. I want to say I was like five or six years old, something like that, because it was when we were at our old house, and uh, it just came in this huge box. It was um, Super Nintendo. It's the one that came with the Super Mario All Star game, where it had like all the different Mario games on it. Mm. And he also got us uh, Donkey Kong Country Two and um, Primal Rage, which oh. is like a fighting game. I'm pretty sure Primal Rage, I think that actually came with it at some point, too. Did it? Yeah, I think so. Primal Rage, I had that. I had Mario All-Star. I had Donkey Kong Country 1 and 3. Never played 2. 2 was my favorite. It was funny because, like, because I got Mm 2, and then I played 1 after, I always liked 2 better. Just, But I think it's just more nostalgia than anything, you know? totally feel i felt the same way uh to, to whenever anyone said oh you play donkey kong i was like yeah because as a kid you just you assumed what you had was what it was as long as the main title <laughs> right. was like like someone said oh you played mario if you had mario 2 you said yes you didn't understand yep. the difference oh yeah so i had mario I, I had donkey kong country 3 and i never realized that that wasn't the first one until i was older and i'm like oh but I felt the same way. Number three, I just felt like, I don't know whether it was a nostalgia or maybe even because it was on the later end of the uh, Super Nintendo's mm-hmm. lifespan that, I don't know if you ever remember playing it, but that's where you had Diddy Kong that, uh, not Diddy, um, Dixie, that Dixie would Kong, um, yeah. fly. Yep. And then like, I don't remember it being in the first Donkey Kong Country, but you would uh, like the actual like traversing the map was getting in the boat and yep, like, th- like that element, like that was cool. So Donkey Kong that was, was cool. Donkey Kong was awesome. Those are some really cool. Uh, how long before you branched off from like console, console or video gaming into uh, dice and tabletop to board games? 
So it was probably sense. like two years after that. Really? Because that's when like Pokemon came out. So, okay. you know, we got obsessed with the Pokemon video games, then became obsessed with the card game. And then from the card game, I kind of branched out into everything else, like Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, um, all that stuff. Uh, Mage Knight. I don't know if you're familiar with that game. Um, I'm not. It was basically like uh, Warhammer, but like smaller skirmishes as opposed to big armies. So like instead of having like, you know, 50, 60, 70 guys, you might have like five to 10. And then like each was kind of good at something and you kind of had to build a war band based off of, you know, oh, well, this guy's a tank and then this guy's like an assassin. So I'm going to use the tank to protect the assassin guy so you can get in there and do damage and it was a fun game. It died a long time ago, though. It, it didn't uh, stay. Um, but it branched out into Heroclix, which is like the same thing, but like with Marvel and DC characters. Let me see. I used to have one very specific Heroclix. Do I still have it? No. Let's see. I finally throw him. I think he was just. I think he was finally the last piece. One of the one of those tchotchke pieces that you're like, oh, I gotta toss it. Oh, uh-huh. I gotta toss it. I I had a Hal Jordan chilling around here for the longest time in my oh nice hero, uh-huh. my hero clicks. So all right. So do you play hero clicks? We're just gonna spin off on this little corner because yeah, I hero clicks is um. When I first saw Heroclix, it was before I was fully invested in, into D&D. It okay. was more of when I was in the comic book, you know, our whole podcast. Spawn, everything from the podcasting all spawned from back issues. So mm. comic books and pop culture, that was my life for the longest. Like, that was all we did for the longest point. And I remember going into certain game stores and you see, like, these little figures. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So after... Being now in DD and like going to like Dragon Snack Games, I'll go to the game store and you're just like, oh wait, Hero Clicks, like that's something else completely different, but like I'm interested. I don't have the time to get into it. Uh right. Popularity on it. Is it still a thing? Is it raging? Is it worth it? Oh, yeah. Do you play people, it? I still play it. Uh people are still playing it. They release like a new set, like every three months still. Um two or three months, something like that. So it's, it's doing good. It's like, uh, I think that's why they stopped Mage Knight too, was because Hero Clicks really took off and Mage Knight really wasn't. So they kind of just invested all their time into that. I actually have probably about like five, 600 figures downstairs right now. <laughs> like After COVID, I'm going to have to hitch up. I want to check out Hero Clicks. Absolutely, man. I would love to. I would love to check out Heroclix because I'm assuming it's in the idea of a Warhammer D and D. Like you, you are playing as your Batman or Superman. And you're yeah. fighting the villains or whoever else is playing, right? Yeah. Like That's you make cool. a team. Um. So you pick how many points you're going to be bet, like playing at. Average is like three hundred, three to five hundred. Mm-hmm. So every character has like a points value. And then you make the team based off of how many points they are. And so, like, yeah, you could have, like, Batman on the same team with Wolverine if you want. All right. That broke that broke brain over. That broke my brain for a minute. <laughs> Hero clicks. That's a whole new that we're going to have a discussion on this side. That sounds awesome. I want to get into that. But 
different time, it. different time. That is actually really cool. I didn't think Hero Clicks was going to be a thing that was still kicking. It yeah, was like I love Hero Clicks. So anytime you want to play, you let me know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be a whole like lesson. I got to learn all on it, but I'm all in. I, I I'm for the long haul on it because that sounds cool. Sounds fun. And uh, I'm always interested for more. All right. So Hero Clicks. Um, this is a Dungeons and Dragons primarily show. When did you jump into Dungeons and Dragons? So that was like middle school. Because okay. I, I got this game, like I want to say like sixth or seventh grade. Uh, I got this computer game called Neverwinter Nights. And it's based on D&D. It's, it's D&D 3.5 edition. Mm-hmm. And I used to play that all the time. I actually played it recently with Tony too. Um, PS4? No, on a uh, computer. Because you can get off Steam. Yep, I saw it's on P. I, I'm actually, I was just looking at it last, uh, the other day. I'm thinking about snagging it on PS4. If you do, let us know. Is it or, cross between PlayStation and, and Street Steam? I'm not sure. I'll have to double check that. But I think Tony's got a PS4. And, right. you know, we could just play through there or something like that. Because him and I got pretty far in the campaign. And then he accidentally, like, deleted his character or something like that. So. I'm all in. That's actually, I'm, I could be, uh, I, I could get into some Neverwinter Nights. I hear it's phenomenal. All right. Oh, so, it's you, amazing. so you, so you, I uh, got Neverwinter Nights. Right. I got Neverwinter Nights and then I kind of like, I was reading through the main book. It came with this like huge book and I was like reading it. And then it said, you know, like in the back, like inspired by D and D 3.5 edition. And I was like, Oh, like I've always heard of that, but you know, I never knew what it was. So then I remember I was at the uh, Barnes and Noble with my mom the one day and I just went to the like comic book section slash like nerd section and, you know, found the D and D books. And then I just remember because my mom used to love books. So we'd be in that store for hours. Mm-hmm. So I remember just literally reading the DM guide, the player's handbook and the master manual for like hours just sitting there. And then, uh, Luckily, I was able to get her to to buy it for me because, you know, I was only like 11, 12 years old or something, didn't have any money. So I was like, can I get this? <laughs> and then she did. So, you know, little, little did she know that she was just feeding the addiction even further. But, you know, it's, it, uh, uh, you know what? Speaking of your handbook, got yours right here. Got, or got, nice. got mine right here. There you go. Uh. So when this was 3.5, you were playing that or reading. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's your first, who's your first character? We're not going to go big into like your experience of 3.5, but like, uh, who's your first character? What were some of your highlights, um, favorite classes? Uh, I don't know how far you went. Did you ever get to prestige? If you did prestige, what were your directions? So from some, well, my first character was a lizard folk barbarian. Ooh. Okay. So he was pretty cool. He, uh, he worshiped Tiamat, the evil five-headed dragon. And uh, the reason he joined up with, because he was an evil character. So the reason he joined up with like the party at the time, which I think Tony was the DM, um, was he was actually trying, like he lied to them and said he was like a follower of Bahamut. And, you know, he wanted to like, help them achieve good and stuff. But like, really he was doing stuff to like help Tiamat. I love um, it. 
probably one of the highlights I had was a different campaign, but the same character. Uh, we were thrown into this arena. There was five of us in the group, but three of us had to compete in the arena. So he chose to compete because you, you know he was big and strong and he liked fighting and stuff. And it wasn't a fighting thing, though. What you had to do is there was a crown in the middle of the arena and you your team had to hold on to the crown until the time like went off and you had to do it versus all these other teams. So I remember asking the DM, I was like, how big is this crown? And he goes, Oh, you know, it could fit like a normal human head. And my character was large. So I was like, so I'm bigger, you know, I'm quite a lot bigger than this crown. Right. And he's like, yeah. So I remember I ran, I just ran straight to the crown, grabbed it. And I swallowed it whole because I was like, now no one can get it. And he was just like, wait, <laughs> like, you, you can't do it. but I was like, but I did. And he goes like, okay, we'll make a, you know, fortitude check or something. So you don't throw it up. And I did. And I, I think I rolled like a natural 20 on it or something. And then he goes, wow, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> That is but, uh, a uh, th th those moments as a DM are very there's there's a pro there's a very pridefulness in your players and then there's a very much like like really yeah <laughs> the whole purpose was for everyone to fight for it this changes it up that's that's great that's that is a whole that is why people love D and D oh absolutely I, I love it because you know video games have restrictions and you know you can only do so much whereas D and D you can literally do anything. That is why I got into the game. I remember the point being I was playing Skyrim and I'm sitting there going, why can't I jump higher? Right. That, that, that moment is said, that is when my head started to say, I think I am sick of video games. Right. Or at least expecting them, but like they were my, like I used, like I would, I would play games as my downtime, like my come downtime. I can't, I'll, I'll invest it in D and D and other activities because that's the world that, you're not going to tell me no. And if I can't, you still let me attempt it. Right. That's awesome. That, that's, I, that's so cool to hear that coming from you, uh, you hear like, you know, some great experiences as a player, some great reasonings for the love of the game, because I think a lot of other people do feel the same way of, you know, you play video games now and there's glitches, there's bugs, they have to patch them. Or if even if, and that's if you're looking for the newer games, if you're looking at older games for the nostalgia feeling, you're now going, I can't jump in water. Right. Don't know why, but, you know, Spider-Man, wa water and Spider-Man don't work, obviously. Right. You know, or, uh, it, you know, you're playing Superman and you're flying around the city for the Xbox uh, 360 mm -hmm. back in the day and you can't break through a building. Right. Superman. D&D. I had players say, you know what? I think I'm going to burn down that, that town because I don't trust it. Right. Excuse me. <laughs> they, did, they did nothing to you. <clears throat> Level five fireball. Yeah. Like just because. Uh, so one of my favorite moments as a DM yeah. was I was running a campaign in Fredonia and it was Tony two of my other friends from here and this kid that we met at Fredonia who were in the campaign. And um, Tony was playing like a pirate. There was a, uh, a cleric, or sorry, a paladin 
a uh, fighter, a dwarf fighter, and um, I forget what the other kid was, but he was like something evil, and he wanted to make like sell his soul to the devil, like that was his like main like goal. So in the campaign, I gave them a chance where the devil like appeared to them and was like, "I'll give you whatever you want. You just have to give me your soul," you know, kind of thing. And obviously. Tony and my two friends said no, but this kid said, sure. You know, he goes, this is what I've been wanting to do. And this is, so he sold, sold the devil became like half demonic and um, he became like a really strong black guard. And uh, <laughs> the paladin was like, I can't let you do this. Like, this is like everything I'm against. And uh, when the, the kid ended up burning down a church, the paladin ended up being like, that's it, time to go. And then the paladin slayed him. And he, I remember he got so mad he left. But it's like, he's just playing his character the same way you were playing your character. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, you it's, know, he's a holy character. You were evil. That That's very much uh, parties too many times are very generally aligned loosely right very rarely do you have the party where everyone is roughly chaotic good anti-hero with the evil chaoticness that is hiding i mean right most part i feel like most parties don't don't have that unless it's unless it's well kept hidden you know, so right. usually when those secrets do turn and flip, and it's like, oh no, I've been waiting for the long haul. I am going evil. If you do have someone such as a paladin, which back in the day I know five <clears throat> E focuses more on a narrative structure that okay, alignment isn't the D, the most DMs won't twist arms at alignment now because right. it's for the general role playing purpose of it. But back in the day. It was part of the game structure that sort of effect. It was sort of expected at times that players, there were paladins or clerics. DMs would take away your abilities or your spells or your levels. If you didn't hold up to your oaths. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's some great DMing, man. I think it, uh, it's cool. Especially when you give your players those moments. I think it is interesting to hear about your, lizard folk i actually have an idea for him we're going to talk off off recording on this one i have you're going to love it i'm already spot my dm mind is spinning in ways i hope you're ready to bring him back if possible absolutely uh so you went from super nintendo with mario or with uh mario primal rage donkey kong to pokemon to War, uh, Mage Knight into D&D. When did Warhammer come in? Because from what I could tell, it seems like a Warhammer and a Pokemon may be a little bit more influential at where, we're, at where we are going for DCT. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon kind of happened at the same time as uh, um, like D&D did, like middle school. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, uh, like I said, I was playing Mage Knight. And, um, you know, I was trying to find someone that played Mage Knight, but 
hardly anybody did. So, at least, like, nobody that, like, was around my area. So then I, uh, do you remember when Games Workshop was in the Galleria Mall? I do not. So, I, do you, I'm going to date, I am late 20s. So my, and and when I first noticed a Warhammer as like a in-store, apart from being, like, I didn't even know that there was game stores for board, like tabletop RPGs. The first Uh time I saw a tabletop, like game store in that sense was when I went to the Eastern Hills Mall about seven years ago. Okay. I thought Mm -hmm. most of this was all bought online, done online. D&D was very still much the, um, the, uh. I don't want, I, I hate, I hate the, the freaks and geeks idea mentality of it's in the basement. It's right. stranger things. I thought it was very much, you know, I always said, I'm a nerd. I go to comic cons, but at least I don't play D and D. Right. And then I opened myself up the DD. I'm like, I'll oh, bring it, <laughs> bring it all. <laughs> uh, so I don't remember that, uh, but go on. <laughs> uh, Games Workshop is uh, the company that makes Warhammer. Yes. And they have these stores that were just Warhammer. Like that's all it was. And uh, so being in the mage night, I remember like seeing the store. I was like, Oh my God, look at all these cool figures and you know, all this stuff. And then um, what got me into playing Warhammer was there was a lizard men army. So I was like, Oh yeah. Like they had dinosaurs and stuff. I was like, absolutely. So um, yeah, I just like fell in love with that game. I remember picking up the rule book and it was like, like literally like this thick. You know what I mean? Like, and I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I used to read that rule book inside, like front to back, like a million times a day, like just trying to learn everything. So it was definitely something I became obsessed with. Uh, But like seeing how many people were in that store too. I was like, Oh man, like a lot of people play this. So like, I could always come here and, play a game with someone then you know mm-hmm. so which i never did I, I i never did but i was still really young at the time so you know I could, it's not like i could just drive there or anything like that and i ended up closing like late high school so you know it's not like i was driving and could go there or whatever but, well, that, but then, that, oh i was just gonna say luckily i was able to get like tony and a couple of my other friends in the warhammer so then i was able to play with them but but yeah, well, I, I never went to the store. Th- th- that is a uh, that's a tough thing with any of these games. You know, I, I think we all find that with with our own D and D groups, getting everyone together is hard. When you start yeah. adding in you know, Warhammer, you're adding in multiple fleets of parties, and I mean, on average, you play it. I've I've want I want to play Warhammer. I haven't jumped in, invested into it yet. Uh, but like on average, what would you say your general if you're just going to throw, if you're going to pick up and throw a game together, how, how many pieces or how many points are you playing with? So average for Warhammer fantasy, which is what we were playing at the time is anywhere from like 1500 to 2000 points, which is going to be about like, depending on your army, anywhere mm-hmm. from like, uh, like 60 figures to like two, 300 figures. Um, like I remember Tony had one unit of goblins that was like a hundred goblins because they were like two points a piece. You know what I mean? So it was just like, 
like i mean they weren't strong or they weren't very good but they were like a tar pit just trying to get through them you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um whereas like i played the lizard men who were like really strong really tough and they were like 11 points a piece so you know they cost like three times as much as a, a goblin mm-hmm. you know so but yeah well, it's I was going to say, yeah, it was just hard to get, like, things together then, especially because, like, the cost of Warhammer, you know, not many people wanted to, like, invest that much money into it. Mm-hmm. Well, they definitely are. Uh, game work, Games Workshop is, is it, ga- Gamers Workshop is very, uh, not elite, but it's kind of, they have that very exclusive, like, their paints, their own precise branding. Yeah they're very much them it's like they, they it's, it's all not enclosed not inclusive but it is sort of very inclusive that yeah, this they, is there uh, there's lots of stories of like games workshops too in like smaller companies too because like they'll have like something that like even barely resembles something of theirs and it's mm-hmm. like like come on you're you aren't the people that invented dragons you can't sue people that have dragons in their game or something you know what i mean like um I think they've calmed down a lot less on that though. So it's not that like big of a deal, but I remember for a while there, they were like really so happy about their products and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a very iconic look. It's that space Marine armor. Oh, yeah. that, I mean, you see that. I mean, yeah, I think one of the first times I saw fallout, I think I assumed fallout like the armor, the mech armor uh-huh. was Warhammer. I'm pretty sure. I thought, I think I, I I probably would have made, I probably made that assumption. You know, that's one thing I, I I do recognize the space Marine look before I knew what Warhammer was. Mm -hmm. And I I could see where it's very, just this, our look, this, our image, but you know, it's, it's an intense game to play. Right. And it's very kind of daunting if you want to jump into it. So it is. Yeah. Jumping from a giant large scale army game such as uh, Warhammer or even as you were saying like Mage Knight <clears throat> even uh you know those smaller unique individualized parties where you're just controlling one person such as a D&D where it's just you're you're controlling just your person where hmm. does Kaimon come from this i know we have some influences of anime pokemon uh Yu-Gi-Oh we had talked about there mm-hmm. is some Digimon influence very much there is the Warhammer influence that you are the images and the pictures that you've been sharing it isn't here's our mini that we just set there and there's a small encounter map you have a table set up for a battle it's not an encounter it's a battle it seems right so where did all of these fun games that everyone out there in this gaming industry, everyone plays D and D everyone in, if you're in the gaming industry, you're playing Warhammer, you're playing D and D. Uh, I'm actually seeing that Pokemon, the Pokemon card game is having a kind of a resurgence. It seems. Oh yeah. I, like where did that it's come been, from? Like, selling out lately and everything like that. Like even just going to like Walmart or target, they have the like sections picked mm-hmm. over. Pokemon's mm-hmm. been picking up again. Like, which is crazy I, which i mean you know what maybe it is pokemon go maybe it is the ds games who are or not the ds um uh switch switch w- whatever can help revitalize i think it's awesome but all of these games that if you're already in the fandom if you're already in this setting and you're looking for something new 
we're giving it to you right now. It's Kaimon. So where did Kaimon come from this? And what is the inspiration? Where did the moment come from? Even the name DCT Industries, it's dreams come true. I love that so much because it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> especially, especially it's like a pride on this. Like, if you, when you blow up, it's like DCT Industries from Western New York. Like, that's awesome that we are going to be like, that's going to be a stamp in the gaming industry. Where did this come I would, from? I would love for that to happen. <laughs> That'd be so cool. No, I always wanted to bring like the gaming industry to Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like you, you hear about like, you know, Washington state or California. Those mm-hmm. are like the big like gaming areas, but like, I would love it if we could have more gaming industries, more companies come from Buffalo. Like, and I've been actually reaching out to a couple of local companies trying to be like, you know, Hey, we should work together. Or, hey, we should do this. But you know, the problem with COVID right now is it's just hard to kind of, mm-hmm coordinate anything or like get anything going um there's a buffalo conquest it's like a small gaming convention here i reached out to them and uh they were like yeah we don't really know what's happening this year just because of covid and all that stuff but they're like you know if we got something going on we'll let you know so i was like yeah i'd appreciate it um but as far as like kaimon where that came from so like, do, do you have like a favorite genre of games? Uh, what do you What do you mean in that? Like, uh, like, like, like sandbox RPG? or RPG or what do you mean? Yeah, like, are you like an RPG first person shooter like fighting game? Like, I am very much a uh, sandbox RPG, um, Elder Scrolls, uh, um, Divinity uh, Original Divinity. Okay. I got into a little bit. Um, oh my god, what is the uh dra- dragon age? Okay, uh-huh. Um, I love so, open open like cities. I usually it's uh like GTA Spider-Man. I like open vast places that I could explore, but if I had a preference, I want to be able to do the fa- I want high fantasy settings. So like that's why like, Baldur's it. Gate 3 is my is like that's gonna be the game that will give it to me. High fantasy open world. That's what I want. Okay, uh-huh. Um well, for me, it's the Mon genre. Uh, so things like Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Dragon Quest monsters, um, all that type of stuff. Like anything where you collect monsters and make them battle, I love it. Like that's like my bread and butter right there. You know what I mean? Like I just love all those type of games, um, which I know is really weird because like if you look in the, the, the Mon community, a lot of people have hostility towards the other games. Like you either like Pokemon or you either like Digimon. You can't like both, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like both. I like them all. Like I just enjoy everything in that genre. So really what made me want to create Kaimon is I was like, well, I like that genre of games and I like miniature games. How come there isn't a game that's both? How come there isn't a game that has this mon genre, this miniature games. Cause to me, like seeing my miniatures, like all laid out on a shelf, like on display, is just like a cool feeling. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, I want to create a game where you have like these little monsters and fight your, your friends, other monsters, and you can go home and put them on your shelf and display them. And so, that, I mean, that's really where it came from was, it's just like, why isn't there a game like this? 
Interesting. Um, did you, how long, how long had this been a brewing idea for you? Because to be able to drop and say, I am going to venture where no one has yet. What, what uh, made you say now is the time and I have done this much waiting or prepping or just sitting on it, whatever it would be. So the original idea came like early high school for me. And I remember I used to just like sit in my room and like make figures out of clay. I mean, they weren't very good, but I'd make the figures out of clay and just kind of like, you know, practice in my room. Like this is what it would be like, or this is how it would go. Um, but it wasn't until more recently where I was just like, you know, I've been sitting on this for a while and I've been telling my wife about it and stuff like that. And, you know, she was like, you should just do it. Like, you know, but what really made me pull the trigger though, was I was watching this one interview with Gary Gygax and he was talking about how, you know, you might have an idea for a game, but it'll never become published unless you just do it. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, he's right. Like, what am I doing? Just like, sitting around talking about it and thinking of it. It's like, why not just finally make it? So I pulled the trigger. So Gary Gygax is what inspired me to finally do it. I think that's a, that is such a moment to say, if you're going to listen to anyone's words to be the kicker for a game, those are not wrong. Those are not wrong words to, to light the fire at all. Because I mean, Look at him. I mean, and even even like you said, you're planning out since the beginning of your high school days. Look at him with uh, D&D, AD&D before it, yeah. when it was just the red box. Yeah, it was very rough, very. Uh, I mean, it's no secret. A lot of it was ripped and stole from Tolkien. A lot of it was yeah. adapted from. Oh, my gosh. Um, I never. What is the war? Ga- uh, was it war gaming? The. His uh, where it was like the fleets of the generals. Oh, uh, um, well, he wrote those rules chainmail, which chainmail. were like the yeah, uh-huh. but like that was like it, like it was always just a, a progression of it to, until right. like like chainmail isn't big right now at all, right? I mean, I don't even think I've I haven't heard anyone bring it up unless they're referring to how it is, is what brought upon D and D. I mean. Right everything comes with due process and due trial and error of learning development and just kicking it off. No, I mean, you've been doing that. You've been testing it out. You've been prepping and waiting and waiting, finalizing, trying to get all those little bugs uh, punched out and you're ready for it and you're dropping it. So what has been some of the, Let's go for what are, what are some of the challenges of starting off a game? And then what are some of the more exciting moments that you've been seeing spawn from it? Um, well, definitely one of the more challenging aspects of it is just dealing with like other people as far as like making my website or like uh, things like that. Cause like the one company I have right now that's making my website they're doing like a pretty good job. I mean, they're like students and stuff like that. Okay. But like, they don't get everything sometimes. Like I'll tell them I want this and they won't do it. And I'll be like, 
uh, like, you know, you need to make it a little bit more like this. And they're like, oh, well, we don't understand. And it's just, you know, they're inexperienced or whatever. But I mean, I think they're doing a great job. Sounds like it's um, they're students. They're doing what they can. Right. It's part of the working experience of employing with of working with students right you know they, they do good work but you still have to give a little bit more guidance on what your expectations are from them definitely yeah okay which isn't like the worst thing oh. um the the other thing that's kind of like a pain too is like all the legalities of it all the you business know, like, side yeah like when i'm getting ready to sell it and stuff i need to have like warnings on there where it's like this is small pieces could be a choking hazard you know for kids uh this is not a product for children uh stuff like that um so stuff like that too you know as far as like uh and then like getting like a shipping ip so once i'm ready to sell the product um you know where can the postal service come pick up the products and ship it to the people that bought it and stuff like that so definitely more the business aspect of it is more of a headache whereas just coming up with the, the monsters and stuff that's the fun part you know play testing the game coming up with the rules that's the fun stuff it's it's more like the actual business aspect that's the kind of the headache well i think that that comes with that comes with any startup and any you know i mean you are you are a local business essentially at this point i mean mm. until you have until until you've blown up and you have the team have a team working with you that you can delegate and be like, all right, relieve some of this headache, take on different headaches, but at least the business stuff you can start be like, all right, you do this, you can take care of that. I'm right. gonna then you can go hang with the creative development and go do your sculpting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what what are some of your favorite uh monsters? What, not not here. Not giving it all. What is your favorite monster that you, what is your favorite Kaimon that you have in the works? Created one that's in the works or one that I've created so far? Both or, or the same. Yes. Same. Just kind of, uh, and uh, well, one, one that I've created so far, one of my favorites is, is this whale okay. because basically the thing with him is he's like a tank. He's got a ton of health. He's hard to damage. Uh, he's like immune to fire attacks and stuff like that. And uh, he has an ability where if he's in water terrain, he can submerge himself into the water. So it's even harder to get to him. But uh, the reason why he's my favorite is because uh, when I sent it to Tony and I was like, hey, what do you think about this guy? He's like, yo, that's a really smug whale. Because he's kind of like, hmm, you know, he's got like a big face like this and you know, his eyes are kind of closed a little bit. He's like, that's a smug whale. So we've been calling him smug whale. So I think that's why he's my favorite right now is just because Tony and I kind of have this like nickname for him. You're giving, you're giving him personality. Yeah, exactly. Like, which is great. Like they're coming to life, like, uh, inadvertently, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're kind of taking on their own personalities and stuff just by like what people see of them. Like my wife likes this little penguin guy I got. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, he's so cute. Nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, see, that's the reaction I want people to have is, oh, I like this guy. He's, you know, grumpy looking or, oh, I like this guy. He's cute. Or, you know, I want people to have those reactions to him. Well, that's, that's kind of the, uh, that's the, that's, that's kind of actually the, the, the mon effect, I guess. I don't know what yeah. else to say, but I, that, that's like, oh, look, look at Pikachu or Jigglypuff. 
She looked right. cute. But then you like look at Charizard or Gyarados. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like, like I completely that that's the draw. You got to have something for to hook you in, but then you got something cool and beefy and little aggressive oh, yeah. uh, attitude. Right. Like Absolutely. Uh, so, like, what what is it like making up the rules and staying different, staying unique? How do you or better set? What is the rule base? What is your basis for the ruling of, of actual gameplay and how the structure is? You don't have to go into like how the, what are the rules, but quick overview of how the game is played or based off. Of. So is it D D six system? Yeah, so it's all D sixes. Um, all D sixes. So basically, uh, every monster gets two actions a turn. Okay. You can, you can either move and attack. You could do a double move, or you could do a double attack. Okay. And um, each monster has five attacks. So some are easier to do than others. Some are harder to pull off. So the easier ones are kind of like weaker attacks. You know, like you're not going to do as much damage with them. But the ones that are harder to pull off are like, like maybe like, you know, like in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. You know, Kamehameha, that's like their easier attack. But like Spirit Bomb is like their harder attack to do. Okay. You know? So it's like you're going to get more damage. You're going to do more damage with your harder attack, but it's harder to pull off. Um, like, say, for example, your easy attack, you need to roll a two or higher on a six-sided dice, whereas your ultra attack, you need to roll a six. So, uh, and then there's critical hits. Anytime you roll a six, it's a critical hit. Uh, so it does more damage, does more uh, effects. Like, for example, we have this uh, B. It's like a, a queen bee type monster. Okay. It's got an attack called poison sting. Okay. Where if it hits, it does two damage. But if it rolls a critical, it does two damage plus one damage and it poisons the target. Okay. All right. So you even have some effects, some like lasting effects on and or, uh, some condition traits to take on. Right. All right. Now in the, because uh, uh, you said poison sting and then we're establishing conditions the idea is that you are the monster trainer, companion partner with these monsters. Right. Is it the idea that after the battle, you wouldn't then turn, take care of them? Or is it like, all right, battle's wiped. That's just what happens. Is it a Pokemon mentality that you then take your characters and move forward with them and they level? Or is it like a Warhammer setting where it's you get together, bring what you have at the end of the day. You're good. Yeah, so that's that's more like what it is. Like at the end of the day, it's after the battle, they're good. You assume that they're all healed up and uh, you know back to health, full health after the battle, because uh, it's going to be. So the game doesn't take very long to play. It takes anywhere from like 15, 20 minutes to maybe play around, mm -hmm. which is what I wanted to do intentionally was make it like a shorter game. Um, and it, as far as like talking about competitive play. Mm -hmm. the, the rules that we have written for that are um, three monsters versus three monsters. And then you have a sideboard of two. So you could swap them out at any time. And then you have to win best out of five. So you, you got to play um, best out of five matches. So three matches or so. So it, it could take you anywhere from, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, hour and 15 minutes to play that, you know, depending on how it's going to go. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I think it's great that you're even starting to think and plan for competitive play. 
It is a big, there is a big avenue for that in the gaming community as it is starting to grow up and local game stores specifically are able to start to have in-game sessions. So hopefully with the release of Kaimon, we can get it in some local stores. We can try and get some competitive play going. You know, that'd be kind of cool. No, that'd be really, really exciting. Um, Kaimon, I, I think this is awesome. This is so cool. When is the expected full drop? Do we have an idea? Is it at late 2021 or are we looking for 2022? When can people uh, expect more Definitely info? late 2021, we're thinking. Late 2021, really? Yeah, yeah so either summer or fall. Summer so, or fog, folks. Guys, start. Start. Listen, you don't want to sleep on this one. You, this is one of those Kickstarter drops that we're letting you know about now. It's not going in Kickstarter. I'm not saying that. But this is one of those moments where you're like, oh, I, I, I didn't see that Kickstarter go up. This is that moment. We're telling you about something now. We're telling you about it to get you hyped about it. So go Google DCT Industries. Dream comes true. Go to Facebook. Go like them and just get in on this now. Follow him for the ride because when it drops, you don't want to miss out on this. Uh, right. How are how are you thinking about releasing this? Is it going to be? Uh, are you planning on printing minis? Because I know we had talked previously. You do have a 3D printer. Mm -hmm. Are you planning to print the minis and then send them out, or are you providing people with the still, like almost like a trademark, like a water printed still, and they could print their own figures that way? What's the idea? S so we're going to be printing them out to make the master copies and then making molds to mass produce them. So they will be resin figures that you get. Um, so, yeah. And then there's no like packs or anything. It's just you buy the ones you want. So that way you can have exactly what you want. Um, it's not like you have to buy this pack and then this pack to get like the combination that you want. It's just, oh, I want these three guys. So I'm going to buy those three. You're okay. going to be able to buy them all individually offline. Um, we haven't really decided a price yet just because we're trying to wait and see what, uh, how much it's going to cost me to produce them and everything like that, plus the shipping and all that. So uh, once we get closer to that, I will definitely let you know. Definitely. Uh, we, we're going to be hyping it up and we're going to, we're going to be, we're going to be talking quite a bit about it throughout this year. I feel because I want to get over and I want to see how this game is played out. I want to play it. I think it looks cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting to hear, man. When, when I first heard about this, when Tony kind of threw it at, they kind of threw it at my ear, like, Hey, like, you know, we're kind of work, you know, Jeff's kind of working on something. It's like, Oh, really? That's interesting. That's cool. Because I didn't know anyone locally that was trying to kick off their own game. And especially something that wasn't a, and this is nothing against And my comment right here is not a, as an attack towards anyone that has put out five E um, uh, adaptable material, but the majority of content I see put out is either, Oh, here's a new Kickstarter. Here are my STLs go like these minis, or it's a, here's my Kickstarter. Here's my PDF for my, uh, com compa uh, companion book for five E rules. Right. There's nothing that is coming out. At least that has been made aware to my attention. That is different in this genre. This is new. This is something completely venturing into an untapped market. And I'm so happy and excited. That it's coming from like Buffalo, Western New York, top of it, like a friend of mine 
And it's, I, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. How well, many I'm happy that you're uh, being a part of it and kind of helping me promote this. I really appreciate that. Anything we could do, anything we could do. I, I want to know, actually, I didn't ask this. How many monsters are there current? How many Kaimon are there currently in works or, or total? I mean, so I guess from what you have to what you have planned, because I mean, are you trying to go the daunting hundred? We're going to do the full like hundred Pokemon. Or are you just going to be like 50 at first? Or are you just going to keep it smaller? What's the idea? So the first set is going to be six. Okay. But we plan on every other month releasing an additional three to six. And uh, I have about a couple hundred designs ready to go. So like I said, I've been working on it for a while. So, <laughs> wow. but uh, yeah, I, I figured we want to keep it that way too. So it's not so like intimidating for people to get into it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you wanted to collect the whole first set, you could, you know, if you just wanted to get three, you could. So um, that's kind of what we were thinking. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. I, everything right here that you've been sharing is a lot of hype, a lot of good information, any details that I didn't get to touch in on that you want to do that you want to share about Kaimon before we let everyone know where they're going to find you and how to support Kaimon. Any last minute uh, details that you're like, this is everyone should know this also. Uh, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, as we kind of get closer to actually releasing it, we could show like a little bit more of like gameplay, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, maybe next time we talk, I could show off some of the minis for them to see. Of course. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, while we're in these beginning phases, I think that's everything you guys need to know. And then, uh, we'll let you know more in the near future. So just keep coming back to the podcasters and checking it out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that one. Uh, I never had anyone cheap plug me. That was cool. <laughs> Usually it's me doing the cheap plugs. Um, right. Jeff, thank yeah. you so much. Dreams come true industries. You have Facebook dreams come true industries or DCT industries. Uh, those that's the, oh, that's the main social media account currently that people are following. Correct. correct. Yes. No, other websites, no other links ready to drop yet. Correct. Not yet. No, not yet. All right. So guys, don't worry about anything else. Just make sure the, the biggest thing you could do is head on over to DCT Industries, give them a like on Facebook, go through, like those posts in throughout the feed. Even if they're from a week or two ago, what you do is you go in through, you like them, you share them, and you start getting your Facebook algorithm to, to, to recognize that you want to see them post. You want to hit follow, so an alert. I can't remember. One of them's follow, one of them's alert when you get new notifications from them. Let them know. You, you want to see what new designs are coming out. I know you posted a picture of one of the drawings and you posted a picture of some gameplay. Unless yep. you follow DCT Industries and you're checking that, there's a chance it may have not popped up on your feed. So if you're saying, hey, I didn't see that, go do what I just told you. Go start liking and sharing some of the other posts so you get that algorithm kicking. So Facebook acknowledges, hey, you want to see what's happening with DCT Industries. Um, I want to real quick, I didn't. I forgot to ask, dreams come true. Where'd that come from? Anything specific? Was it someone that said it or was it just, it just hit you? Cause I am horrible with naming. So, uh, so it hit me because, um, you know, as I was talking to my wife, I was like, so many of my dreams are coming true right now. Like, you know, I married the, the, the woman of my dreams, uh, I'm making, uh, the game that I've been talking about for years. You know what I mean? So then I was like, wait, that's it. Dreams come true. And, uh, 
industries. There it could not have been a better way to sign off this episode than with that. That is so inspirational. Man, that is right there. Listen, people, just like we just found out this episode, your your game won't become a game until you make it happen like Jeff. So make it happen. Make those dreams come true. Go check them out on Facebook. Follow them, like them, subscribe, um, indulge, and just be ready for Kaimon because – be an interesting year jeff thank you so much and we have a giveaway uh jeff actually we've been we've been so (laughs) we have been so into this into this conversation i gay guys we have a giveaway going out because the the whole reason that we are talking to jeff right now is by now you know this we have a sponsor for podcasters from dct industries uh jeff has went out and he actually went to one of our local one of the local game stores and picked up a bunch of dice, picked up a bunch of minis, picks up some really cool minis actually too. Like, got some nice ones, like the nice WizKid ones. They're really cool. Uh, as well as a as, as well as an essential kit and a starter kit for those that want to play some D and D. We've been doing some some giveaways via our live stream on Sundays. Uh, I go live as with as a dungeon master with my campaign with Tony, as Jeff had talked about, as well as some of our other players in the Fabala Five. The code word for this giveaway, which you need to know, is Kaimon. The code word for this giveaway is Kaimon. And because, uh, oh my gosh, I was not ready to announce this giveaway, guys. We are so invested in this conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. it was There was a lot thrown. Um, so what we're saying is we have a great sponsorship from DCT Industries is we've been lucky enough to have been having dice and starter kits and essential kits donated us to do some giveaways. And what we're doing is for this episode, we're doing a giveaway for a starter kit so you guys can go start your new campaign and hopefully inspire some games as it happened for Jeff and DCT Industries. So hopefully... Ho- hopefully you guys have gr- such, had the same great experience as our great sponsor here. Um, you can get in on t- attempting to win this starter kit from uh, the the D starter kit. It's, it has the Minds of Fandelver, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's adventure in it. It's a s- great intro for dungeon masters. So if you want to be a dungeon master but you don't know where to be- uh, where to begin, this is a great adventure to kick into. I did pick a uh, pick and pull a little bit of inspiration for some of my encounters with my home games. Minds of Fandelver. It's fun. I know a lot of people really do love it, and it's uh, it's kind of a bit of a dungeon crawl. You get some dragons, you get some dungeons, you get some magic loot, get a little bit of a goblins. It's a great little mix-up. It is a perfect first adventure. So if you want in on that, you have to do two. Th- you have to do three things. One, you have to go over and you have to like DCT Industries. I checked with Jeff. We can check to see if the winner that I announce does like him or does like the page. So you do have to like the page. You do have to like podcasters on Facebook as well. As well as after the episode, so we will be announcing this. Uh, <clears throat> we will be announcing and talking about this giveaway live this week on Valentine's Day, which is February fourteenth. I will be announcing and telling everyone live that hey, the giveaway for this episode is going to coincide with this interview, and the key, the code word for it is Kaimon. So, you want to win the starter kit. You have to go to Facebook. You have to like DCT Industries. You have to like podcasters. And on the pinned post for that week, where does Kaimon? Go do it. 
going to check it. And then we will announce the winner for that on February 21st. So awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Hey, thanks Guys, for having me. Go check out DC Industries. I can't brag and say it enough. And uh, till next time, I don't know, Jeff, Jeff, you have to go grab a D20 right now. Oh, I'll put you on the spot. You got to go grab a D20. We got to, we got to roll, the, we got to roll the dice before we sign off. All right. Hold on. Let's see here. Oh, oh, I saw, oh, saw, I saw, I saw young Jeff on the zoom, on the zoom picture. <laughs> uh, let's see here. That's an archway. Stay here, bud. All right, guys. Wait. Wait. One second. I have to go down to the dungeon. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. As everyone's listening, we're we're waiting. Jeff is heading down to go grab a D20 for the uh, obligatory sign-off. All right. All right. So, guys, till next time, keep rolling. All right. 14. 14. Nice. Not bad. Not bad. I had nine. What'd, what'd you get? <laughs> I had a nine. Nine? nine. <laughs>